Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's message of the week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. So good to be with you, friends. I hope you're well. Uh, We are in week three of our cultural valleys. uh, And you'll remember that we've looked at, um, oh, wrong one. There we go. We've looked at what it means to be a people who put God first. We've looked at what it means to be a people who are committed to being family. And today we get to look at uh, what it means to be a people of grace. So uh, what does it mean then to be a people of grace? I've got less than 15 minutes now to unpack that question. Uh, and I'll only just scratch the surface of this. Uh, fortunately, there's this amazing, great podcast out right now. Uh, it's called God's Glorious Grace. Um, it's by our very own uh, Adam Price, Rachel Turner, Mark Hewitt. And if you've not listened to it, uh, then please do. It's a brilliant uh, bit of teaching, a rich resource for us. Um, and it's also hilarious to listen to as well. And it'll fill in some of the gaps that I can't cover this morning because of time. All right, so let's read then the cultural value uh, summary for grace. Uh, Let's read that together. Uh, Here you go. You can read it with me if you like. Uh, Grace. Grace is why we are here. Grace is how we live here. The grace of God welcomes us as we are, but it refuses to leave us that way. Grace enables us to worship God with everything we've got and courageously follow Jesus wherever he leads. That means we can live open-hearted, authentic lives, being real about our struggles and celebrating God's work in one another's lives. Grace is why we're here, friends. Grace is how we live here. Why don't you turn with me to uh, John's Gospel, uh, John chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 14. Just read a couple of verses. Uh, This is uh, John, the disciple John, introducing Jesus Uh, to us. uh, And look what he says, uh, says about, about Jesus. John 1, 14 to 17. The word, that's Jesus, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son, who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, John, that's John the Baptist, testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I I said, he who comes after me surpasses me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, out of Jesus' fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. Uh, have been given to us out of the fullness of Jesus Christ. Jesus came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And as I read that, I can't help but go, wow, wow. Like grace should make us go, wow, and praise Jesus. Jesus, God's son, was willing to humble himself, willing to, to, to come and dwell with us in all our mess so that all the fullness of God's glory could be shared with us as a gift. Wow. Meditate on that with me. Spend time just pondering how amazing it is that we have a God that would do that. I love Ephesians 2.8, where Paul says uh, this about grace. He says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. 
This is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by work so that no one can boast. So we can't earn a place in God's good books. Paul's saying here, it's all a work of God. Even your faith is a gift from him. In fact, Paul also says in Ephesians 1 that God chose us from before the beginning of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. I mean, we were not holy or blameless. But because of grace, that's how the Father God sees those who follow Jesus. I mean, praise God for the gift of grace. Grace is why we're here. We have been given through faith in Jesus what we did not deserve, a relationship with the Holy God. And you know what? For many years of my Christian life, and I've been a Christian since I was eight, I thought that was it. That was the sum total of what grace meant to me. But it turns out there's so much more. Yes, grace is why we are here, but it's also grace is how we live here. You are saved by grace, but you also get to live by grace. And friends, I don't want us to miss, any of us to miss this. We are meant to live in grace every day. There is more grace on offer for you today in your situation, in your life. James 4 uh, verse 6 simply puts it like this. He gives us more grace. Well, that's pretty clear, right? He gives us more grace. God's heart is to lavish grace on us in every area of our lives so that we grow to live like him. Grace to, to love selflessly in our relationships, just like Jesus loves. Grace that empowers us to, to see others like Jesus sees them without judgment or condemnation. Grace that wins our hearts to, to follow Jesus, whatever the cost. Grace that helps us persevere through the hard hardships and the struggles and through pain and through disappointment. In 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, Jesus said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Friends, there is sufficient grace on offer to follow Jesus in your life. And so logically, I, I want to ask then, well, if I'm saved by grace, but there's more available, then, well, how do I position myself to remain in the flow of God's lavish grace every day this week? How do I position myself? Let's be clear. You can't earn grace, right? What did John 1 say? Out of the fullness, out of his fullness, we received grace. You can't earn it. You can only receive it as a gift, but we can position ourselves day by day to receive more of it. How do we do that this week? Well, come with me to uh, Matthew 23, verse 12. Uh, we see this. This is a kingdom principle. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. But those who humble themselves will be exalted. There's something about humility in the kingdom of God that we need to notice. In the book of James, we see a similar thing where it says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humility, you see, releases grace but pride pride blocks the flow of grace in your life so if we want to be a church that grows in grace we need to keep growing in humility now if you think about it humility was required wasn't it at the point of our salvation jesus help that was an act of humility i need you jesus i trust you jesus and God gives grace to the humble and we find ourselves in relationship with him. 
But how do we live by grace? How do we practice humility as a church day by day? Well, look at me with uh, uh, 1 Peter uh, 5, 5. Uh, Peter's addressing the church and he says this, all of you, <laughs> all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. So humility in this context happens in community, in church family. We need each other. But if you're anything like me, I know I can choose isolation. And I, I don't mean COVID isolating. I, I mean that being a lone ranger, choosing to trust yourself, to keep others at arm's length. I don't need you, thank you very much. I know what's best for me in my relationships, in my life decisions, in my finances, in my opinions. I'm going to trust my wisdom. I know what's best for myself. And the problem with that is that the root of all that is pride. And pride blocks the flow of grace in your life. And friends, it never works out great. I know because sadly I've often been there. For example, in my, in my marriage to Beth, at times I've chosen to distance myself from Beth because I'm too proud to admit that I'm wrong. Too proud to trust and invite Beth to speak loving truth into my life and to listen to her. Too proud to recognize that often, you know what? She knows me better than I know myself. But when I humble myself, when I, when I do trust and invite Beth to speak into my life in moments like that, guess what happens? I've found that God's grace flows into my life. It flows into my, our marriage. It flows into our family, bringing healing and forgiveness and growing something that's just even more beautiful. I don't deserve it. But that's what God's grace does. When we clothe ourselves with humility towards one another in this family, his grace will flow too in this family. And this applies to every area of our life. And that's why Beth and I have made a commitment to not be lone rangers in any area of our life. You know, we willingly, willingly trust other people in this church family to speak into our lives. We have people who know, for example, and are invited to speak into our marriage. People who know about our finances and have been invited to speak truth into choices that we've been making with them. We trust a handful of people to give us their wisdom on major life decisions we're making. Hey, we're thinking of doing this. What do you think? Do you think that's wise? And we take their opinion seriously. Why do we do that? Because we don't want pride to have any place to flourish in our life. We need meaningful relationship in this church family so that we can grow in humility together. And as a result, we've seen time and time again that God is faithful to his word. His grace propels us forward in life when we live in humility with one another. So can I ask you this? Who, who do you have in this church family who you trust and invite to speak loving truth into your life? And then who do you know well enough in this family that they've given you permission to speak loving truth into their life? You know, I'm really looking forward to the next nine weeks in midweek groups for this very reason. It's, it's the most obvious way right now to cultivate meaningful relationships in this lockdown and practice growing humility week by week. I want to encourage you, as Ella did, come and join. If you haven't yet, we'd really love you to. There's still space. I know sometimes there's good reasons you can't. We understand that. But if you're able to, then please come and join us. We're going to grow in grace and truth this term as a result. There's still spaces left. 
I just encourage you to, to make that choice today. It's not too late to join one. But let me wrap this up before we go to our breakout rooms. This simply the word became flesh. He made his dwelling amongst us so that out of his fullness, we could receive grace. Grace is why we're here. Grace is how we live here, friends. In a few moments, we're going to go to those breakout rooms. Let me just give you the questions that we answer again. Here's the questions to follow through this week. Uh, they're also in the chat box there for you as well. Um, take a photograph of them if you want, if that helps as well. And I'm going to be answering question two like this today. Uh, God's, been, God's been speaking to me even this morning about my attitude to a, uh, towards a particular person in a situation in my life. And I sense that there's a, a risk of pride in that area. And I don't want that. I, I want to grow in grace and truth in that area. And so for me, question three, I'm going to say, I will this week. I will. And I'd invite you to use, you know, use that to start your response with those words, if you're willing. I will. I just find it helps us ground question three in action. So I will this week. I'll be seeking out a close friend that I trust to ask them, do you see any pride? Do you see any pride in this particular situation? Have I got this wrong? Have I got this wrong? Is there a different perspective that you can see that I can't, that I'm missing? Have I got a blind spot here? That's how I'm going to respond to those questions. And how about you? Let's let's pray and then um, and then we'll go to breakout rooms. Yeah, Holy Spirit, thank you that you are with us. And Jesus, thank you for being willing to leave all the glory of heaven to humble yourselves, to come and dwell amongst us full of grace and truth. Thank you that you are a God that gives and keeps on giving. Thank you for your lavish grace. Thank you that we have been saved by grace, but that you out of your fullness have more to give us every day, every circumstance, every situation. So Lord, would you help us now to hear from you and respond to you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.